Hi everyone. Welcome to another Lessons from the Battlefield. I'm Tori. I'm Ben. And this week, in case you're new or you've been around, we have a free podcast for you and the content within it, the reflection questions, etc. So if you're new to School of the Mighty or again you've been around, we have a free one that goes out, which is what you all are hearing. It's the on Fridays and this one is once a month, the first weekend of the month. So we're excited to to continue this particular series with you. So babe, why don't you share a little bit about what we've been talking about in the community and then specifically what we're talking about today. Yeah, this is uh we're continuing the journey our journey of faith series where we um take the writings of uh author J.R.R. Tolkien, his his books The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, regardless of whether or not you're a fantasy fan or not, he just a very anointed man, anointed writing. And there's some real deep truths that you can glean from his books in regards to being a mighty man or a mighty woman of God. Yeah. And today's day, and it, you don't have to go into a fantasy setting or go into uh, the Bible era to, to, to live th- this character out, the, char- the characteristics of, of being a mighty man or woman. And um, so the last couple of weeks, we've been uh, talking about those truths. And um, like, like Tori was saying, if, if you are new or if you're a free subscriber, we encourage you to, to look into our paid subscriber program. It's only $5 and you'll get one of these every week as opposed to once a month. Um, the, the first two parts of this series are actually the last two, this, this last two weeks, this is part three. Um, so we really encourage you to, to, get back into those if you're able to, or if you're willing to, um, it speaks a, a lot to, to different areas of, of your walk with the Lord and, and, um, answering the call and, um, those type of truths. So, uh, we just really want to, we're excited about this series and we really want to get you, um, involved in that. If you're willing, if you feel the Lord leading you in that direction. So, um, really this week, what we want to talk about in this series is, is, um, healthy spiritual masculinity, yeah, um, as exhibited through one particular character from Tolkien's trilogy, The Lord of the Rings. Um, the character of Aragorn um, exhibits. Uh, he's an ex- he's a prime example of what godly masculinity could and should look yeah, like. It truly is. Yeah, and in comparison to um, key biblical fa- figures like King, King David, um, obviously Jesus. Um, and um, how Tolkien um, portrayed this particular individual who was the one true king through the whole series, like a king in exile. Mm-hmm. And that kind of comes to the forefront through the series where by the end of the series, he regains the throne, yeah. basically, type of thing. But how this man um, thought, how he acted, how he treated his friends, how he um, handled um, love, yeah. How he handled uh, his conflict, enemies, how he yeah. conflict, how he handled disagreement, um, honor. How he um, handled having power, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, having power, um, what that meant to him, how he treated others even in power. Yeah. Um, those type of things. And really, we wanted to contrast that with what what we now call toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, the masculinity that that the world has portrayed or the world has, I mean, really, I mean, let's just be honest. The masculinity today is so convoluted. It's just twisted. It's yeah. really twisted in, in regards to 
how how the world defines it. And really the church, unfortunately, in a lot of ways has picked up on a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of or just take, allowed it to yeah, seep in. We've allowed rather. it to seep in. Yeah. And um and men have lost their identity. Yeah. And the celebration of women finding their identity and women being empowered, whether good for good or for or for ill. Yeah. Whether it's godly or worldly, in that journey in the last fifty years, men have been depowered. Yeah. It's like there's we, uh, been a belittle belittling, I would say. Exactly. It's like we can't say that women are strong and men are strong too. We have to now say women are strong and men are not. Yeah. Men are oppressive and women need to rise above. Like right. it's that kind of thing. It's one at the expense of the other. Yeah. And um, so in that way, there's been a stripping away of masculinity. And if, if you don't believe us, take a look at any local church. Mo uh, most local churches, when in attendance, there's three women, every one man, if not more. Yeah. There's a there's a, been a re, real depopulating in terms of a, attendance in general with men as opposed to women. I mean, even the healthiest churches, it seems like the leadership team will have men on, on it. But if you look across the congregation, it's like three to one, easy. Yeah. Um, the men's groups are struggling if they even have one at all. Yeah. While the women's groups are flourishing, it's like a in, in the empowering of women, the men have lost their value. Yeah. And men don't know how to be men. And the church doesn't know how to celebrate that yeah. and empower them again. Mm -hmm. And so we just really thought it was fitting to talk about this. Um, yeah. I, well, and I want to add a couple more things too. There is like, I think we know, I can't remember statistically now, but the percentage of children that are currently being raised without a father or mm -hmm. a father figure. And I yeah. think because of that lack, um, for example, or because of that, it, it, allows men and women to grow up without knowing what it truly means to be a man and then without god as you know without that identity as our compass knowing who we are as a human being but as a man or a woman the mm -hmm. way that god intended of course it's going to cause all kinds of confusion and things like that and i know we're going to get into this and talk about specifically the the character aragorn in um from Tolkien's world, but um, I think too, just I, I'd like to share a little bit personally is like, this is interesting to me because I personally was raised by my father mm -hmm. and my dad was very solid for me. And I, I understood what it meant to be a man in a healthy way. Of course, he wasn't perfect, but it, because of my father and his relationship with Jesus and how he was with others and with me, it for example, I fought uh, purity growing up was super important to me because I had a man speaking into my life who would openly talk about that and teach me what it meant to value myself as a woman, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but I also had girlfriends growing up who did not have a father or who had an absent father and so I saw how radically different they were. And so I think there's a reason why the world it's funny i actually i was just at work i just got a message last night from one of the partners that the company i'm at works with and he said i know you're a huge lord of the rings fans and i'm watching one of the movies tonight and i thought that was so funny because we're talking about this mm. and i hadn't mentioned this to him at all but the reason why this is so it's so funny that aragorn represents i believe like 
it's not just the heart of the father, but there's so many elements of what it means to be a man. And mm-hmm. that's why so many people watch and love and read and this, this, this culture around it that people are drawn to it because it's not just, oh, it's this fantasy that's amazing and it was a beautiful masterpiece. It's like mm-hmm. there's so much truth in the way that these characters were written and the way that they're portrayed. So I think that's really what we want to dive into today and specifically focusing on healthy masculinity. I, I'm a huge advocate for it. I yeah. really, truly am. Yeah, I mean, for those of you who have grown up in church, you're probably overly familiar with you know passages of Scripture like Ephesians 5, yeah. talking about husbands loving your wives as Christ loved the church. Um, you know, passage, passages like that, Colossians 3, um, Husbands, love your wives. Don't be harsh to them. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are always, it's the word of the Lord. It's the word yeah. of God. It's, those are always the fundamental traits of how a man should be in regards, especially in regards to his wife and in regards to his family, mm-hmm. not provoking your children to wrath and, th- and those kind of things. But the, the thing is, is that there's also, there's also quite a bit throughout Scripture that points towards deeper character traits in men, not just behavior. Right. In terms of honor, in terms of discipline, in terms of what to fight for, what to defend, what to protect. Mm. Because that's how men are wired. Men are wired to protect and defend. And to, to know their purpose and, and have that. And to know their purpose. And a man who doesn't know his purpose is just is a man who's lost yeah. in his life. I mean, it, it, any man listening to this can relate to that. To that. Yeah. When you feel like you don't know what your purpose is in the world. You feel like you are worthless. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, and, and every man goes through this if they aren't currently going through it right now, where it's, there's a, not even so much an identity crisis, but so much, but more along the lines of like, give me a mission. Yeah. Give Put, me a cause. Gi- give me a cause to fight for that. Men want to, men don't want to just live. They want to live for something. Yeah. They want to fight for something. Yeah. They want a quest to be on. They want a dragon to slay. Yeah. You know what I mean? They want a princess to rescue, like like John yeah. Eldridge writes about in Wild, Wild at Heart. Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, by the way, if you've never read that Wild book, Men yeah. and Women, you should read that. You want men, Women, you want to understand your husband's heart. You understand want to understand the, the heart of a man. Read John Eldridge's book, Wild at Heart. And do the workbook. And do the workbook. <laughs> men, men, you want to understand why you're wired the way you are. Read Wild at Heart. Yeah. And then vice versa. John Eldridge's wife, Stacy Eldridge, or Stacy, I'm not sure how she know, pronounces yeah. that, uh, wrote a book called Captivating, which does the same thing for women. Man, it's a book it's about so how good. women are wired. And so, men, if you want to understand your wife, read Captivating yeah. in the way women are wired. It's phenomenal books. Tori and I w- went through both books together. together and, and it changed man, our marriage. Man, it did. It really yeah. helped us understand each other. But... Um, we know, we know, having said all this, we know what toxic masculinity is. Yeah. I mean, it, we can briefly touch on this, but I don't think we have to go overboard in Mm-mm. talking about this because it's, it's just saturated in our society now. You know, a, a toxic, a man who's de- defined as toxic or masculinity that's defined as toxic is somebody who's um, a misogynist, yep. somebody who uh, suppresses his emotion. He can't, he, he doesn't feel like it's right to show how he feels yeah. or talk about how he feels. It's not, it's not manly to discuss how you feel about anything. Yeah. It's certainly not manly to show your emotion. Right. A man who cries is not a man right. in the eyes of a, of 
someone who's a toxic yeah. deals with toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and a big one too is dominance through violence. Yep. Like I'm going to bully my way through relationships. I'm going to yeah. bully my wife. I'm going to bully my children. Yeah. That's why the Bible warns, like, don't provoke your children to wrath and cherish your wife because somebody who dominates can't do those things. Yeah. You, 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 you raise your kids to be you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, that's what's talking about provoking your children to wrath. And a, and a man who dominates can't cherish anything. Mm -mm. He doesn't know how to do that. It's one at the expense of the other. So uh, domination, especially through violence, whether it's emotional, psychological, or physical violence, yeah. um, is defined as toxic masculinity. Um, individuals who, who um, I, I, I was, I mean, I, we've talked about this in prior, prior podcasts, but uh, I was in the army for several years. I was incarcerated for more than several years. And I have to say, I've been around a lot of toxic masculinity yeah. where it's men who don't know how to be men. So they play at being men. And what I mean by that is there's this fake machismo where it's like, I have to watch football all the time. I have to talk about how many women I've had sex with. Yep. I have to talk about, uh, I have to use a lot of profanity. Yeah, vulgar language. Um, act like a tough guy. Constantly brag about my workout regimens. It's like this fake machoism all the time, especially when they're around other men. Yeah. To prove their worth. And really what that is, is that's a mask to hide insecurity. insecurity. Yeah, deep fear. insecurity. Because here's the simple truth of it, is most men, they don't, they don't know if they believe they're really men. If you single men out and ask them one-on-one, -on -one, do you feel like you're a man? A lot of men, if they could be honest, would tell you no. Yeah. They don't. For some reason or other, what it takes. they don't. And yeah. most men usually feel like they're imposters. Mm -hmm. They're a fraud. They look at themselves in the mirror when they're alone and they're like, I am faking my way through this. Mm -hmm. Because they don't, they don't have a firm grasp of what, how God defines masculinity. Yeah. And it, it, it's something very close to my heart because um, God designed families in such a way that men are to be the head, mm -hmm. not to be greater than, but to be the head. Yeah. And the enemy has attacked that. Oh, yeah. For decades. Yeah. And to sabotage what God has built. Yeah. I mean, I find that so interesting because there's, it's, when you say the word submission, it's such a touchy thing amongst women. I mean, I have good friends that are believers and we've had arguments about this, but it's mm -hmm. funny when you look at when Jesus came onto the scene, just a quick kind of detour. It's, there's two things that always stand out to me. One is he was not shy or embarrassed about his deep intimacy with his father. Yeah. That is a major, which is, you know, and he's incredibly mm. masculine. And then the second thing was he flipped culture on its head and empowered women in a way that no one was doing or was allowing mm -hmm. and it's so funny but, but he empowered men too he empowered men too but what i mean is i'm detouring to the women because it's like i don't want to be a christian i don't want to submit but when we look at the way that god defines it and how jesus walked that out yeah it it's everything a woman actually needs and that's what's so funny about it is mm -hmm. there's this like weird twisted view of what that means yeah women like, women a lot of women will shy away from christianity because they think submission quote unquote submission means we're pu i'm pushing you down yeah you do what i say yeah yeah and it's and it's the, that's the opposite of the of kingdom mentality yeah the kingdom of god according to jesus was everyone's empowered 
Exactly. And what you said with men, it's like when he called the disciples, it's like he gave those men something to live for and fight for and die for. And that's, again, that's mm -hmm. who he is. And that's going back to who we're talking about today. It's Aragorn. That's. Yeah. In the Lord of the Rings series, Aragorn is. Um, he, he epitomizes the rough and tumble, masculine, manly image right away. Yeah. Okay. He's 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 a ranger. And what yeah. that means is that he is a his job is to defend people in the wild. Yeah, whether they know it or not. Whether they know it or not, yeah. a lot of the time they're completely ignorant to what he's doing out there and keeping them safe from from animals, from from evil that invades yes. their lands. And he he's living out in the wild all the time. So this is basically like picture a lumberjack <laughs> who fights people for a living. Yeah, he lives in the wild all the time. But he's also nobility. Yeah, but that doesn't come out till later. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But it's so he's, funny because it's there. Yeah, and he, but he is is about as, as far as superficial masculinity goes. This guy is it. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's living off the land. He's living in the wild. You know, he he can track animals. He can use a sword. He can shoot a bow. He can, you know what I mean. He can survive on his own out there. He can, you know, he's a protector and a defender, and he can fend for himself. But he's also a loner in the yeah. beginning of the story. He's been out on his own defending people and surviving off the land for a long Strider. time. Yeah. And they call him Strider because he just moves to and fro across the lands out there. And, and um, what's crazy is what comes out over the course of the series as he becomes caught up in the plot with the other main characters and taking this ring that's completely evil and taking it to the far ends of the earth, basically, and taking it back to where it was made and destroying it so that the world doesn't fall into darkness because of this ring. He, his true character comes out, and you find out that he cares for these people. He has a deep love for them. And that's really what Jesus exhibited, too. Jesus came and exhibited something that today toxic masculinity shudders at. Yeah. is like... Jesus came and exhibited like real men deeply love and aren't afraid to deeply love. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're soft. Mm -mm. I mean, it, in fact, the Bible, in the way the, the Bible portrays it, it's the exact opposite. John 15, 13, greater love is no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Uh, yeah. And you see that exhibited in Aragorn. You see it exhibited in David in the Old Testament. Yeah, you do. David was a lover. Oh, man, and a feeler. I mean, and a feeler. I mean, don't believe me, read the Psalms. I mean, yeah. it's just Psalm after Psalm after Psalm, deep expressions of his emotion and feeling yeah. and caring From and one heart. To the next and he's quick. weeping <laughs> yeah. and he's singing and he's dancing and he's crying and he's, I mean, it's like, but this man's killing giants. Yep. You don't, no one can debate that David was a masculine man. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, I mean, he, he was a giant killer. The mighty men who are recorded as being some of the greatest warriors of all time, if not the greatest or under ever, his command. were drawn to him. They yeah. came, they ran to him. Mm -hmm. I want to follow. I want to follow him. Yeah, you know. And he was an outlaw. Yeah. And still, they were like, "That's who I want to follow. I want to learn from him." Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, what do you think? Some of like the positive masculine attributes in Aragorn, like beyond the surface, because I think you're right. Like you nailed it. There's some shallow superficial. There's some, there's reasons why people get sucked in to the way that he is mm -hmm. on the surface. But then when you go deeper, like it's, it's everything a man should be Yeah. beyond that. 
as well, right? Like, so what would you say are some of those things well, he, that... Well, I mean, Aragorn yeah. was, is deeply honorable. I mean, there's moments through the story where he is engaged in, de in heavy debate with kings, even, mm. um, who will not stand up to the, the darkness that's sweeping the land. Like, they're... It's like, well, we'll just, you know, we'll just protect ourselves and hide in our forts. Yeah. And he doesn't disrespect them and dishonor them. He challenges them, but he shows great honor to them. And he shows honor to, like, to, like you pointed out, he shows there's interactions with women through the story where he's deeply honoring them as, as warriors, as strong women. And then, like, even the hobbits, who are, like, three feet tall, yeah. little tiny people, they look like children, he honors them as as mighty even though they don't have like no idea how to wield a weapon and they don't know how to do anything yeah. like he's basically defending them the whole time but honors them deeply yes. you know um there's also i mean it's there's no doubt that he's brave i mean a, a, a deep bravery he doesn't shy away from challenge mm -hmm. he doesn't shy away from defeat um yeah there's a fearlessness there's zero apathy in him yeah Look, this stuff's going on and somebody needs to do something. Aragorn is not the kind of character that sits by and is like, well, somebody will do that. Somebody yeah. will handle that. He rises up and I'll handle it then. Yeah. If no one will, I'll do it. Yeah. You know. Um, and, and then another thing, too, is he has a, he has a, a yearning to draw together brotherhood. Mm -hmm. he, he, he has this tendency to take those around him and draw them together into a deep, fraternity yeah he, you know what man or male or female mm -hmm. he draws them all together i mean there's a quote in the books that he is talking to the frodo one of the characters in, and he says frodo i've lived most of my life surrounded by my enemies i'll be grateful to be to die among my friends mm -hmm. like he 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 has a a deep yearning for that which by the way men long for yeah men love to act like lone rangers they love to, to come across as, I'll figure it out for myself. But every man deep down longs for that fraternity. Yeah. Where they're held high in, in honor by their brothers. Yeah. Where their brothers have their back. Where there's a core group of men that are all together that are rallying to defend each other. Yeah. To protect each other, to look out for one another, to encourage one another. That they can, men that they just don't call friend, they call brother. Yeah. And um, women have that too, but it's different. It's different. But you know what I mean? It's not to say that it's lesser than because no, it's not. No, but it's different. It's very different. Yeah. But <laughs> um, it's funny how counterintuitive we can be as men because we, we, we long for that deep down, but we're scared to initiate it. Well, it's like that, how you said it's connected to the emotions. It's, there is the requirement to be vulnerable. And you make this distinction with me, which helps me a lot. Women sometimes are vulnerable and too transparent. Whereas men yeah. don't want to be transparent or vulnerable mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times. Yeah. But really when you're, when you're in that healthy state, you know how to truly be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And the more it's funny because for example, Aragorn, the more he comes to the forefront, the more he doesn't shy away from that. Yeah. That vulnerability. Yeah. The more, the more that the, the call in the world the, to fight evil in the story draws him out of his shell he starts to develop the, well, not develop, but you see these traits in him that have been developing in, in, in exile, in the wild, 
for years yeah. come to the forefront now. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, this man's really, this guy's a king. Yeah. You know? I mean, one of the things, the hallmarks, one of the moments that it's, I'm sure it's portrayed different in the movie, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. um, just the way you know when he's, he's the heir. Yeah. And he's supposed to, you know, basically be the one to, to uh, rescue. And mm-hmm. he's like, I don't want to take that position. I don't want to, you know, yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to fall. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he even just says that openly and willingly. Yeah. Because he's not so power hungry, but it's in his destiny. Mm-hmm. Says so much about the type of man that he is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the... the if you, you even see it, you, you see the same traits biblically, you know, with David and Jonathan. Mm. There's like this deep friendship that goes beyond just friendship yeah. with them, which is funny because the world immediately was like, well, that must be gay then. Right. Like, but we have a tendency to do that. There, that's, this is where homophobia comes into play. Yep. Not to be afraid of the idea of homosexuality. That's how the world uses homophobic as a label. But what, what happens is men become homophobic if there's too much intimacy between two men. Yes. So intimacy doesn't mean sexuality. Intimacy means a deep connection or bond between the you two of you. know one another. Yeah. yeah. And I shared this last week, actually, where it's like two, two of the characters in The Lord of the Rings and the movies have this deep friendship with yeah. each other, Sam and Frodo. And I, when I saw it in the theaters, the people sitting behind me in the theaters were like giggling because they were, and they were, they were making jokes that well, these two characters obviously must be gay. And it's like, it's so and beyond it's like, that. Because it's it, not... yeah, what it is is our world has lost grasp of what real friendship looks like. Yeah. And it's like, if it looks like that between two men, it obviously is homosexual somehow. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, like just a deep respect and right. honor and love. And like you've said, brotherhood, it's that I would die die for you. Yeah, I mean, First Samuel 18 says that David and Jonathan's souls were knitted together. Yeah. Like God yeah. tied their souls together in such a way that they were like, I would die for you. You're my brother. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, look at Jesus with the 12. Yeah. I mean, the re- John, it's like, it's, it's in his, you mentioned this too, it's like, the he's the beloved. Like, he wrote that, but it's like, you don't just say I'm beloved of a, a man doesn't say I'm beloved of another man in culture and people yeah. think that's normal. It's, right. But it should be because it's in the purest form. It's like we, he, he sees me, he knows me, he gets me, he loves me. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like two men can't, a man can't tell another man in brotherhood, I love you without being looked at as gay. It's yeah. like, it's like, that's what, that's what the world has twisted now. Yeah. Man. So to destroy the bonds of fellowship, mm-hmm. to just dis- disrupt them forever, yeah. So that men can't rise up in strength anymore. Yeah. The enemy has disabled that in such a way, especially in the United States. Um, Mark uh, ten talks about what you just mentioned: the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life for a ransom for many. It's like you you don't get much deeper love than that, you know. Um, it's important that we ha- that men find this again, healthy masculinity. Um, Aragorn, like you pointed out, had uh, he had his own insecurities too. Or you just mentioned where he voiced um, his fears, uh, but he had his integrity, and this is really this is really a big thing. 
men really feel want to be recognized. Yeah. And the idea of doing things where to the answer of no praise demotivates a lot of men in doing anything yeah. at all. Apathy kicks in when no one notices their deeds. So it's like, why bother even doing it? Yeah, no one knows my name. What's the point? Exactly. Um, Tolkien wrote that as a quote, actually, in one of his writings. He said, deeds will not be less valiant because they're unpraised. Man. It, what determines whether or not what's right and what's wrong and, and cur real courage and bravery has nothing to do with whether or not people behold it or not. Yeah, that's really good. Society today has turned that on its head. It's oh like it's gosh. not worth doing unless people are celebrating it publicly. Yeah, I think that there's that. I think the whole <clears throat> explosion of, I mean, I guess I'm technically a millennial in my 30s. Um, social media, like really, I kind of grew up watching that explode and shift. Mm -hmm. um, just like really technology. Um, it was different as a kid, but I'm definitely one of the few that's lived with the changes and kind of one of the things that you're saying is like social media allows every single person, regardless of their status, to have a personal platform. Yeah. And yeah. there's good in that in a sense, but there, because it has opened a lot of opportunity and possibilities for people, but the danger of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, the it... dangers of that are if you're not doing that, you're not worth anything. Well, it's become, yeah, it's become, the, in, that in and of itself has become more than toxic. Yeah, and that's What's what happened I mean. now is if you don't have a social media following, you're nobody. You're no one. I mean, how many videos that have gone viral across the internet now on TikTok and, and on Twitter and, and all this stuff that have become like things people laugh at when you see like a 19-year-old or 20-year-old get their account banned and they're like, I'm nothing without this. Yeah. And they're having a breakdown, like a meltdown. They're crying and people are laughing and thinking it's hysterical. And it's like, this is sick. Yeah. Like this is what, if you, if people aren't watching your every move and seeing, watching your videos and you don't have, right. you know, however many thousands or millions of friends and likes to your video, social media content and social media presence, you're nobody. Right. And unfortunately, that is saturated into even Christian thinking. Of course. Where it's like, if people don't see me doing things, I mean, you and I both know people that have to publicly proclaim their ministry all the time. Yeah. Or call, say get, what their title is. Yeah, to say what their title is. Or to say, like, I went and did this last weekend. Or we went and did this. This ministry team went and did this. Or, hey, I'm at this conference right now. And it's incredible. It's, it's like... It goes beyond just hyping people up and telling people what's going on and getting people involved. Now it's, I need you to see what I'm doing or yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's a difference between recognition and testimony. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, they come from two very different places. Yeah, and so to, to go back to, to Aragorn is... He had a deep integrity to do what was right even when no one man, saw him do it. Man. Yeah. He he was like, it was like, I, I will fight and die for my friends and, and die unrecognized. People don't even have to know I did it, you know. Um, I know over the years, like, as God's gotten a hold of my heart, he's, he's led me to pray for people a lot of the time, and I won't even tell them my name. Yeah. Like, I'll pray for a stranger. You, do you mind if I pray for you for just a minute? I see them in need or in, they're infirm, infirmed in a wheelchair or they're in pain or somebody's teared up and crying, and you, you're like, look, I, don't, I know you don't know me. I can tell your heart's hurting. Can you, you mind if I pray for you for just you know just for a moment? 
and you pray for them, or maybe God heals them in that moment, and you and you tell them the Lord loves them, and you walk away, and you don't even tell them your name yeah. because that wasn't the point. The point wasn't that so that you're glorified. The yeah. point was so that they were healed or redeemed or saw the Lord's love for them yeah. in that moment. And I know that and hasn't been easy for you in the no, past. No, it hasn't. And me neither. I mean, I think there was a lot of times, and I can get it why ministry is that way. You know, when you something amazing happens and you cross that line over from sharing a testimony to wanting to get the it's not to wanting to make it about you like we should confidently share what the lord has done so that it builds each other's faith up that's absolutely a good thing mm -hmm. but to your point it's like why do we need yeah. that mm -hmm. to do well it's part of the reason you and i don't don't make the school of the mighty with our names labeled all over it yeah it's because we want it to be about the message to impact people we don't want it to be a ministry that celebrates us yeah that's true and, and and so men struggle with that big time. Yeah. They they I mean men and women both do. Well, I know but, that I do, but I'm more of an anomaly because I was raised by a man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's well, your upbringing is very rare. <laughs> it's rare. And yeah. but men men there's a reason why the Bible talks about honoring men a lot because men men by default are wired to receive love by honor. That's so true. If you lift a and man respect. up and honor him in front of other people. It's like a deep love, love that he he will feel well, in that of, moment. Yeah, and you look at marriages. <coughs> I me. mean, a lot of them fall apart mm -hmm. because men do not feel feel honored, honored in front of other people by their spouse, by yeah. their wives. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and so um, that that's why I feel like that quote from from Tolkien's writings are so is so profound. That deeds are no less valiant just because they're unpraised. Yeah. Because I feel like, especially within the realm of the church. In the body of Christ, why men? I think one of the a few reasons why men have taken the back seat yeah. in recent years is because they feel like whatever they would do wouldn't matter anyway. Right. You know what I mean. And so it's it's like it's depowered them. Mm. They feel like, well, you know, at least I'm bringing money in and providing for my family, and that's recognized. So I'll do that that's because something. that's what I that what's what needs to be done, and so I'll keep pushing with my responsibility yeah. and at least they recognize me at my job. So it to some degree. So I'll just keep doing that. And so I feel like that's part of it at least. Um, but uh, here's the thing, a true mighty man, a true man who is firm in his identity as a son of God will do what's right, regardless of whether people are watching or not. And God will glorify them and lift them up and honor them in the ways that he sees fit to do. Yeah. And none of that should make a difference as to whether or not you do something or not. What, what we've done now as men is we've turned, into, we've turned that into apathy. Yeah. And we're like, well, why bother? So I'm just not even going to bother. Yeah. And so the body of Christ is missing a key component in countless men who have got a strength that God has empowered in them in particularly to bring something to the body, to move the body forward and raise it up and heal it. And because the body of Christ is hurting. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of dysfunction there right now in a lot of ways. But, um, but God has got plans there and, and the body of Christ is, is hurting because the, the men are not able to step into those roles or aren't willing anymore yeah. to do it. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt that the Lord of the Rings, the, the plot of the Lord of the Rings would have failed had it not been for Aragorn. 
Aragorn yeah. was the was a was a key component to that. Yeah. I mean, I would say too, like at the at the end, and the, the, the movie does this actually really well. Is at the very end when Aragorn is crowned king. Yeah, it's his coronation. It's his, yeah, it's his coronation, and he gets reunited with his love and the way that they portray it, and um, the four hobbits that essentially rescue and change the world, mm-hmm. save save Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells them the way that I love it. He says, "My, you know, they bow to him because he just got yeah." Crowned they bow to him at the coronation. He's the which king would, now. Everyone would do, and he says to them in front of everyone, "My friends, you bow to no one." And and then he bows to them. And then he bows to them, and it reminds me too. Again, it's like straight out of the heart of God because of that. I was looking it up in in John thirteen where Jesus is telling them, "I'm going to wash, you know, I'm going to wash you, I'm going to wash mm. your feet," and. Simon Peter's like, Lord, you're going to wash my feet. And Jesus, you know, says, you won't, you know, you don't realize what I'm doing, but you will understand. And Peter says, no, like, no, you're not going to do that. And then Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And it's like the lowliest thing someone can do. But Jesus is like, I have to do this mm-hmm. for, and it, I don't know. It's that again, it's that public, no, no false humility. It's that complete, like, I don't care about how people perceive me. What I care about is your soul mm-hmm. in that moment. And the way that Aragorn is portrayed, it's like, you are, you all are the reason why. Mm-hmm. And it, men that do that, it see, it's, it's funny. It's like we, when you get in these positions of power, we think that, okay, they got there because they pushed their way there. And sometimes, yeah, unfortunately that's true. Yeah. But the way that we see, of course, Jesus is perfect. But when we see a, a man as portrayed um, in this world as Aragorn, who did that again, there's a reason why everyone will follow him. Everyone yeah. will bow to him because mm-hmm. of the way that he treats others. I mean, the sad, the, 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 the truth of it is, is, and I, Bill Johnson said this um, before, and it's always stuck with me is he said, whether people know it or not, on a deep spiritual level, everyone wants a king yeah. like Jesus. Mm. He, his, his, his character and the way that he reigns is a reign that people embrace and love if they, if, if they, even if they consciously don't know it. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate truth is, though, is that the, the body of Christ hasn't ex- done, their be- done the best job at exhibiting him, and so the world has not loved his body as much as they've loved him. It, you know what I mean? Even on a subconscious level, they haven't embraced his body. Yeah. And so, uh, and men have lost their identity in that. Um, what needs to be brought back and healed is, is men should need to be allowed to be strong again. Mm-hmm. The men need to be allowed to rise up. We've gone too long with too many generations within local churches of men's groups, if they even have one, being a group of guys that just meet once a month and have breakfast at a restaurant somewhere. That's, that's nothing. That, that means nothing. I mean, it, it's, it's great to have friends and to sit there and have fellowship together, but deep fellowship, true biblical fellowship is you give those men a cause and then you let them loose. You give those men a cause and then you train them to be mighty in that cause. Yeah. And then you let them loose into the world yeah. to represent Jesus in that cause. That's when you're going to see radical change in, oh, in community yeah. around you when men are released in their identity in yeah. a brotherhood together. Yeah. You know, I grew up in churches like that where I never saw the men do anything other than the occasional potluck 
Yeah. Or have a weekly or a monthly breakfast together, a men's luncheon. Yeah. And it's like, what are these guys doing? To me, growing up, it was always like, it's, it's like a social club. The men just hang out together. It's a, it's the elk lodge, you know what I mean? Or whatever, a moose lodge or whatever they used to call that. It, it's, you know, it's like the, there was only one church ever in my life that I remember looking back and being like, oh my gosh, that's something. I, I saw a pastor raise up a group of men. It was a small group of men and they called it special forces. Hmm. And he would train them one week and the next week they would go and do outreach somewhere. Awesome. Or they would go and do ministry in the community. And I desperately wanted to be a part of that. Awesome. Even though it intimidated me. Yeah. Because I questioned my own masculinity. Of course. At the time, it was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I got what it takes to be that. Yeah. You know, um, there was that self-sabotage element involved, you know, which so many men do. Yeah. Um, like we talked about before, it's like every man wants that that fraternity, that brotherhood, but they're scared to death to be vulnerable to take the steps to make that happen, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but... Aragorn exhibited, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote that character in such a way that it was almost as if God downloaded to him as an author, this is what I want you to portray as a manly man, the way I define it. Yeah. So that it'll inspire men for generations after this. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, one thing before we close today too is, you know, before we finish up is like just, I mean, because if you look at scripture, if you look at Revelation 19, and it talks about the writer on a white horse. I mean, when you read that out loud, it seems fantastical. I, again, it it is. It's otherworldly because we're not from here. We're mm-hmm. from, we're supposed to register. It still jars me that we're citizens of heaven first. But that when Jesus comes, it's like when he's, you know, Paul's writing about it. I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war, mm-hmm. which is interesting. His eyes are like a flame of fire. Um, he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. Mm. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. So Jesus, he's the word. Um, and the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. I mean, yeah. what a picture. And then from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and mm. Lord of Lords. So that doesn't paint more of a picture of what it truly means to be a man. I mean, Jesus is like, no sissy. And <laughs> Well, I mean, there, like... Jesus is the, remember, I mean, here's the thing is, is in recent years, we have PG Jesus. Oh, yeah. The Bible's rated R. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if if you made the if you made a motion picture that was Genesis to Revelation verbatim how the Bible's written, it'd be a rated R film. Jesus said he didn't he 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 didn't come to bring peace; he came to bring a sword. Remember no, we don't that. Like that. This is the same Jesus that said, "Love your neighbor." Yeah. Said he came to bring a sword. This is also the same Jesus that said, "The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force." Men are violent by nature. That's not always a bad thing. No, it's not. We have, we have completely suppressed them yeah. where they're not allowed to be violent within the walls of the church even anymore. Well, which is why they give away to, this is why certain sins are so strong because there is a stronghold there, right? Yeah. We see pornography explode because there's an out, like I'm not justifying that. I'm just saying no, not that at there's all. outlets that men do not have. So they're going to choose something 
that fulfills things in a certain way and it's because it's twisted right there's a reason why yeah. god there's a reason why god i mean uh, other than the king of kings jesus himself there's a reason why god said that king david was the greatest israel king of all time and also god said and he was said he's a man after my own heart yeah but also said he's a man of bloodshed yeah, right so the man of bloodshed is a man after god's own heart why because he's he will fiercely fight for what's true to god's heart yeah they're and both and they're both and it's not this but yeah, it was, it was, before we get off here too, there was, uh, I just, we, I, we, as you can tell, we nerd out about this. We love this, but we watched a video about someone reviewing Aragorn uh, about kind of on this topic. And he said, you know, he's, what, can you remember exactly what he said? There was one moment where he cuts the head off. Yeah, of he orc. like beheads a, beheads a, this creature fighting this horrible demonic creature, kills it, beheads it. And then later on, he's singing the song at his coronation with flower petals falling down all around him. Or it's like, yeah, he, he switched from one to the other yeah. right away, and it wasn't that. It was, yeah. I've got to be in this mode to be this type of man. It was, I'm both. He's both. Yeah. It's this and this. Yeah. David, David th throws a stone at a nine-foot giant, knocks him down, cuts his head off with his own sword, then writes a song about it. It's in Psalms. It's like you know what I mean. We we don't we don't know how to do that. We're we as people now. Again, we as people now. It's always this at the expense of this. We yeah. don't know how to do both things. The kingdom is nothing but paradoxes. Jesus was a walking paradox, oh, and still man. and still is still a is. walking paradox. Yeah. You know, and where it's stuff that doesn't seem to make sense. So we try to hold on to one thing or the other. Yeah. We don't know how to hold on to both. Oh my gosh. He's a lion and a lamb. Yes. We typically only hold on to the lamb. Yeah. Because we don't know what to do with the lion. Yeah. Men, their hearts resonate with the lion. Yes. But they have felt in recent years that they're not allowed to resonate with the lion. Oh. <laughs> so we are here to tell you, just to round this, this up today. We're here to tell you, you have permission to resonate with the lion. Yeah. And I can speak from a personal experience from a man who struggled most of his life for not knowing his own identity and lived most of his life in fear and sin that you're not only allowed to resonate with the lion, but find those men who do and draw them close to you. That was the reason the School of the Mighty was made in the first place. Was I, I, I felt from the Lord, I heard from the Lord. You're, if you can't find men like this, then found them. Organize your own groups at church, even if it's two of you for a yeah, while. Yeah, even if it's your neighborhood or your children's school and the father's there. like Who are willing to stand up for the Lord in, a, in practical yeah. ways. Who are willing to embrace each other in honor and in love and defend each other and defend your families and fight for, for the kingdom we're not provoking you to physical violence. What we're saying is, is on a spiritual level, we are. Yeah. Do, do what's right. Do yeah. fi fight for the Lord and fight for the kingdom. Take back your homes. Yeah. Take back your churches. Yeah. And stand up strong because the, 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 the Lord has always designed you to be that way. And the body of Christ needs you to be that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll just share one thing too is as a woman to me there's nothing more attractive and masculine in you babe and in men when i see this it's like when they're 
not afraid to shy they don't shy away from things that need to be handled but also they're willing to openly say like how they feel about it yeah. or what's really going on and their emotions and again it's that both and that makes me see like they don't need to have it all together or even no. pretend that they do there's a willingness to try and to do it and to keep what's right and what's pure at the center of their mm -hmm. heart and let the holy spirit lead absolutely yeah. So again, we just encourage you to um, look at the reflection questions like we always do. Um, they're there designed to, to pull more of this out of you, to develop dialogue with the Holy Spirit about these topics. Men, especially, yeah. we really want to hear from you. I really want to hear from you. I want to connect with you. I want to hear what's going on in your heart, what your struggles are, what you feel your, the need is in your community, in your life, if you're seeking and you're seeking the Lord's face on what it is that your role is supposed to be, I really would love to pray with you and encourage you. Don't hesitate to, to, con to com comment, send us communication, and let us know what's going on. Again, this isn't about money, but we, I really want to encourage you, if you're a free subscriber, to become a paid subscriber because it enables you to con comment and communicate with us. Yeah, you can be in and, the community chat. and yeah. As well as get content that you don't, you wouldn't normally have access to, yeah. that can speak to more to this place and encourage you in that way. Um, we really want to encourage you to look into that. So thank you again for joining us in this. Um, if you're new, we welcome you. We're excited to have you. And until next week, we'll talk to you then. Talk to you then. Bye, See you everyone. later.